Hi, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Lydia. And you're listening to Infertility Sisters. Follow us, just two everyday friends, as we navigate our way through trying to conceive. We are right here with you. All right, welcome back to a new episode. Today we're joined by Kristen, who has had a long road to conceiving her second baby. Some of you may know Kristen from Instagram, where she's great, gained quite a following through sharing her journey. And we're so excited, and also other people are so excited <laughs> to hear her story in a bit more detail. Um, so thanks for coming on the podcast, Kristen. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> so let's just start from the beginning. Can you tell us like what your family looks like and how this journey began for you? Sure. Um, so my family at the moment is um, myself, my partner, Corey, and um, our son, James. And um, Corey has been part of James and I's life um, since James was about five. Uh, we met at work. Um, I managed the building and he made the coffee. So I used to um, visit, get a coffee every day. And then I started studying and he used to help me use a calculator. Um, <laughs> he's really good with, with maths. So, um, yeah, we just got closer and closer and, yeah, became really good friends and then about 18 months after we met we went and got a bear so um yeah he's been around for a long time and James really only knows him and um has kind of grown up with Corey and Corey's friends so it's a Mm -hmm. yeah it's a fun it's been fun um I've also inherited an amazing uh, family through Corey um he is one of 11 children oh my Um, god yeah so we um yeah it's a been a really fun time yeah awesome. yeah so family is probably obviously very important to him and you yeah that's right and um Corey is the oldest and his youngest sibling is seven so yeah a big gap and it's just been just such a, a bonus and such a blessing to to inherit that as well as, as getting Corey in my life oh and when did you two start talking about you know um, having a child between the two of you yeah, so there is a, a bit of an age gap between us. And so when I first met Corey, I was really clear that I wasn't looking for a, a dad for James. Um, we were just dating. Uh, and that, I guess, changed quite quickly. Uh, Corey joined like, joined our house. Um, and then, you know, I felt like my clock was ticking. But obviously for men, it's not quite the same. So it was quite a few years after we met. We were going to Christmas one year and uh, being surrounded by obviously all his siblings and all his cousins and this big um, big Christmas and he, you know, he just said to me I really hope by next Christmas we can have a baby and I was like right let's go <laughs> uh, I'd been waiting and I'd been ready um, I can recall conversations with friends um, you know, over the years prior and then being like yeah he should just let you and, and I was like I'm not making him have a baby with me <laughs> and then, you know when it was when he was ready I was like right great I had Marina so uh you know that was the first step um but during uh that initial appointment um at family planning I did mention to them that I thought that this might not be easy firstly because I obviously was getting older But also I had noticed and had mentioned to Corey that I thought that he might have um, a condition uh, and I had researched it. So I spoke to the doctors about what I had noticed and what I had noticed was that during sex there was, um, there didn't seem to be a a huge amount of semen. So I had been doing my own research and I'd spoken to Corey about it and, you know, he agreed. 
So when, we're, when I spoke to family planning, they said, oh, well, it's possible there has this condition called retrograde ejaculate. And to come back in nine months if we weren't pregnant, which I did. So then we were referred to family, or to fertility associates. There was about a three-month wait. Um, obviously, you pay for that first appointment. We went to that. We met Dr. Murray. And, you know, he was like, you're young, you're healthy. This shouldn't be a problem. And I mentioned the possible retrograde. And so we mm. went through a whole bunch of tests. And it was diagnosed pretty much immediately. During the testing phase, I'd been doing my own research. I'd probably been doing my own research prior anyway. There's, there are other people who have this condition. It is a condition that you can get um, from having diabetes, for example, or having an injury to that area. Corey uh, was born with a kidney that needed to be removed when he was a baby. And so it's quite likely, and we did see a urologist, that surgery probably damaged the nerve. So basically what happens with the retrograde ejaculate is the nerve between that stops the bladder and uh, the testicles from, obviously they use the same uh, paths. Um, mm, yeah. So there's a nerve that blocks one off uh, during each use of, of that area. The nerve doesn't work. So there's nothing that they could do surgically. There's nothing a urologist can do. There was possible solutions that involved medic medications. So we tried all of those first. One of them was this a concoction of pseudoephedrine, which obviously is a very controlled medication. So I think he got like five tablets. <laughs> pseudoephedrine, what else did he have? Oh yeah, Viagra. <laughs> Viagra, yeah. yeah. So okay. pseudoephedrine, Viagra, um, and there were some other things too. So we talked about five uh, tablets and then we were supposed to be intimate. And we tried a few times. There was so much pressure on this medicated thing to work. Mm. Um, it was not fun and also didn't work. Would it be like he had to take them and then you did it quickly? Or was it like yeah. you took it in days leading up? Or it was like, a, no, you take these like, pills, let's go do it? Yeah. So yeah. you would time it around your cycle too. So you know that yes. this is the time you're ovulating. And yeah. 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 So it became very, I mean, it definitely impacted our relationship. That first phase really did impact our relationship because we had gone from being young and excited and you know, having this, we're going to have a baby mm -hmm. to, right, we're not going to be able to have a baby by ourselves. We're going to have to go through all of this. And every time we are intimate, we should also do these 12 things. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah, it became really not fun. Yeah. And this is like less than a year into trying as well. Yeah, so it's probably, probably at the year mark. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, of trying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and that went on for a few months. <clears throat> and so then we went back to Fertility Associates and, and Dr. Murray agreed that, you know, he didn't think that these things were going to work. Because like I said, right. I'd done the research. I'd bought through these medic these articles that I'd found online. And he had said, let's, let's give them all a go. But he'd never heard of any of these, these things working. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't great. As part of that, there's also the option. And there's a lot of research online, especially people who have had diabetes. So lots of diabetes kind of, uh, forums talks about like an online uh, sorry a DIY IUI so yeah have, uh, getting the sperm I guess out of the urine so like I said the sperm instead of um, ejaculating goes backwards into the bladder so the sperm is still there and it's still perfectly good sperm it's just trapped in his bladder and also urine is highly acidic so yeah. it gets into the bladder and then it is pretty much immediately it's destroyed uh, so there was a, another option through the clinic to 
you know, go through a, a process of, of Corey only drinking urine sachets to make his, his urine not as acidic, drinking a lot of water, and then after um, intercourse, urinating into in a jar, mm. <laughs> and then you can see the sperm extracting that with a um, syringe and then using that for IUI. Wow. Again, really not fun. Wasn't something that we wanted to do. We, we tried a couple of times and I was like, I don't want to, this is not how, yeah. not fun. This is not how we want to tell our child they were created. Yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, yeah it wasn't, yeah, and it, and it wasn't working. Like we did try yeah. a few, uh, through um, a few different ovulations. Mm-hmm. Obviously we have, you know, everyone's got someone um, in medicine in their family and we had someone who was at a, a clinic and, you know, they were like, offering to get us more syringes and let's try again and did they want did we want help and all this stuff and it just became I don't want to talk about babies anymore with anyone so we stopped talking about babies with people when people talked to us about babies we were like oh yeah we'll see how we go so you had been very open with people up until that point well certain people so well definitely we're up well yes we're open with people about the fact we're trying to have a baby Mm -hmm. um what Corey was going through, no, we weren't. Yeah. There was a few people we, we trusted because we knew that they might be able to assist, like, you know, I'm talking about like the, the people who worked in medicine. But then we decided we just were going to to stop. And so we did. And, and what we were really doing was um, getting loans from the bank and commencing IVF. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that after our first cycle of IVF that we would be pregnant and we could just tell people then we'd, we'd say yeah. actually Surprise. yeah for the last <laughs> few months we've actually been getting extra help but unfortunately that first cycle didn't go as planned and and I really wasn't prepared in any way um, and I think that's because I didn't know anyone who'd ever done egg collection or IVF that had failed like fail is an awful word that it hadn't gone successfully mm-hmm. um I had a friend who on their first cycle, the only person I knew had gone through IVF on their first cycle, uh, they had got pregnant with their fresh embryo transfer. And then obviously I was following like Lou Morley and Lou had just done an egg donation and she donated something. I'm just going to guess here, Lou, if you're listening, I think it was 29 eggs she had extracted and it ended up being 17 embryos. So something like just beautiful. And that's 100% 100% what I was anticipating like I mm-hmm. didn't think that there was a another option would you say um, that like when IVF was put on the table to you that you went into it quite positively like was there much reservation um no reservation because we were told in no uncertain terms this was our like the doctors had yeah. said this is it like if you want to have a child it's not just it wasn't just IVF it was IVF using ICSI which yeah. is obviously mm-hmm. sperm into an egg and that the sperm would have to be extracted surgically from Corey. Like it wasn't a simple, like when I say simple IVF, there's no such thing, but it was like kind of the worst type of IVF. Yeah, all the <laughs> so, extras. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all the added um, cost. Um, but I do have a really vivid memory of, I missed a meeting because I was at my uh, fertility associates appointment. And when I came back to work, I told my boss why I'd missed my meeting and I sobbed through the entire conversation. So although now I feel like, it's just part of my life. Obviously, at the time, I was distraught that that was our option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he basically told me to go home because I obviously wasn't like, I was very unhappy that this mm-hmm. was our only choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we went into that cycle. I remember, I remember I went to the mall with my sister after, afterwards and 
as we were waiting for the phone call from the clinic, and when the clinic called and said that the 12 eggs we had extracted, seven were mature. I remember that phone call because I was like, okay, okay, seven, seven babies. Mm. What are we going to do with seven babies? <laughs> and, and I literally called Corey and I was like, there's seven. And he was like, okay, seven kids. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> we had already had a conversation about the fact that, you know, if we had all these embryos, we would, um, we just use them all because we wanted a baby so badly by this stage that we couldn't yeah. imagine not using them. Mm-hmm. So just this conversation about our seven children, <laughs> we, we still laugh about it now. I'm like, we really truly believe that seven mature eggs meant that they were all going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, although I'd gone through, although I'd, you know, been at the clinic and read the books and, and um, had the conversations with the doctors and they, you know, I, you know, I even remember Dr. Murray saying it just takes one good embryo. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. So I'm still going to have lots. Like I just, I, it didn't ever sit with me that this was going to be a hard journey. I just yeah. thought it was going to be an expensive journey. Yeah. Yeah. So those seven eggs, oh, seven mature eggs. When we got back, to, when we got to the clinic, uh, we, we didn't pay for the, um, I can't what it's called now, but where they, where they film the eggs over that five days. They just yeah. left the drawer shut. So we didn't know anything more until we got to the clinic on day five. And I remember walking in and I remember, actually, I remember sitting in the car beforehand and they, we, I put on a podcast and it was like, um, listen, uh, you know, I, your womb is so um, accepting of this embryo and like this really, <laughs> this, this really kind of airy fairy podcast, which wasn't me at all, but I felt so sick and nervous that I was going to be pregnant that afternoon. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you know, this is, yeah, I was, I'm going to be pregnant today. And, and I remember Corey sitting there beside me playing on his phone and me being really annoyed that he wasn't part of the, I didn't feel like he was part of the listening to his podcast and how we were going to create this, this life. Yeah. And I went in and they said, here is a picture of the embryo we're transferring today and showed us this picture. And we were both like grinning. And I said, oh, and how are the others? And they said, oh no, this is the only one that survived. And I just couldn't breathe. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure most of your listeners have met an embryologist. <laughs> That's why they're listening. They're, they're lovely people, but they're not this one in particular. <laughs> this one in particular was just like, okay, and kind of shut the book and, and walked out. And I was like, and I just, I just couldn't, I like was shaking. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not just having one child. Cause that's all I could see. I was like, this embryo coming back in will be our one baby. What about our other babies? Like yeah, the first of the seven. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're going to have to pay more. Like we're going to pay another, well, at that point we paid about 17,000. Like, and I went through, I was like, we'll never be eligible for government funding. Now we have to pay another $17,000 for all our other children. And I just kind of went into this panic. And so when I went into the embryo transfer, I wasn't calm. Mm. All that podcast I'd been listening to went out the window. I was shivering, like, like with, I guess, anxiety. And I was like a mess. And I, and I remember this because I'd put on fake eyelashes <laughs> before we went <laughs> because I was going out for brunch afterwards and they fell off. And I had, like, <laughs> I looked a mess. And um, so, you know, I got this embryo transferred and I went out for brunch. And, and then, you know, I set up my camera on our day, our two-week wait, set up the camera in our bedroom to capture 
Corey walking in and telling me, because we were both going to get this um, email and we were going to read it together. So I had my camera going. I heard him unlock the door and I sat on the bed and he comes in and I looked down at my phone and at the top of my phone, the email had come through and the subject line or, or like the first line of the email was visible and it said, unfortunately. And he walked in just as I looked down and we've got this footage of our hearts just like breaking. And I was like, it's, 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 I can't see, I can't bring myself to delete it, but it's yeah, this yeah. perfect vision of both of us just being like, what? Like, what now? I just felt like the world was, like, I felt like our world was like, sh like shrunk. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> all the options we had, all the dreams we had were just like yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. So you obviously hadn't taken a pregnancy test? No. And um, I have never, um, for any of my, um, any of my cycles, I've never tested early. And that's because Corey had read somewhere that you could get a false negative or a false positive. And so Corey had been very clear, we will never do that. Yeah. I know that other people haven't got that level of self-control, but <laughs> I guess he was very, he was very like, no, we won't. And so I was like, you know, this is his journey too, so yeah. I'll not. Yeah. Um, but I have yeah. been told many, many times that that is very um, strong of me because <laughs> other people haven't listened to their partners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just started anyway. sneakily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, um, so no, we hadn't tested early. We just received that email at the same time. And yeah, that I was can't believe it. it was an email as well. Like, I guess well, we are, that's how we asked for it because oh, this was okay. before the app existed. So now there's an app. And I guess with the phone call, it's one of you, you know, getting yeah. that phone call. Yeah. yeah. And so we have done it all. Um, mm. Other cycles have been <laughs> phone calls and app messages, but this was our, our first one was an email. And I just, like, again, I just, there was no, I even remember that during that two weeks, wait, was Friday Jams in Auckland. And we went to Friday Jams and I spent the whole time very sober thinking I was pregnant and um having a great just time no, no doubt no yeah. no I was mm. I was having a baby and mm. um I wasn't <laughs> uh, to prepare for that cycle I had done absolutely nothing because Dr Murray had said there is nothing you can do to make this go any better so you are young and healthy problem is that Corey's sperm is trapped we're going to resolve that problem so you know yeah why we have to do work. is you know that the sperm is good quality once you know they've got it yeah. they're doing all the process so yeah there's mm. no other kind of issues with you that might um, you know prevent it yeah, yeah. so I didn't do I guess the, the the list of options you can do you know the acupuncture the the losing weight or all of those things I don't do any of them I just was mm. so so there so then what I guess I assumed was that it was all my fault I didn't do any of those things that the books told us to do and what the apps tell you to do and what the, um, you look on IVF hashtag, what all those other IVF mums are doing. I didn't do any of it. So I must've done something wrong. So we pretty much um, instantly decided we would try again and we would self-fund again because we were still not eligible for government funding. What I'll was the reason you weren't eligible? Yeah, so I don't want to put anyone else astray because it isn't, I kind of, I kind of feel like it depends what doctor you see, mm -hmm. um, and it shouldn't because there is a you know the C cap, uh, C whatever it is, a C pet C yeah yeah. There's the checklist, so it should be one size fits all. 
So we, the only way we could gain enough points was time because I had James. So because I had a child under 12, my, my score was too low. So we had to wait three years. We had to be trying for three years, even though Corey is technically infertile, that meant nothing. So trying meant nothing. Um, But, you know, I do know there are other people with young children who have flown through that and got government funding immediately. So I don't know. I don't know. And it's hard for me to talk about. Case by case basis. But yeah, that was your experience. Yeah. My experience was that we we needed an extra 10 points and that those 10 points came from time. Mm. So we still had another two years or 18 months, I think, um, by this stage. So what I started doing... And I think I even started, I started doing it that Christmas. Um, I, I drew a picture for my sister, I think. Oh, for sorry, no, it was actually for Corey's mum for Christmas. And it was the birth flowers of her children. And I posted it on Instagram and someone else said, can I have one? Can I have one? Um, so I started to give a little, oh, sorry, a friend of mine had already started to give a little page to help us raise the funds for cycle two and had just shared it with our group of friends. And so I didn't want people to pay me for my drawings because I was just doing them. Um, but I said, look, if you want, you can just donate some money to that, give a little page and note that it cost me $13 for shipping. <laughs> so, so it's cost me $13. If you want to make a donation, make it at least $13. So I'm not, so that's fine. I ended up drawing, and I'm, I'm not sure of the exact number now, but I, it was over, it was like 280 of these drawings hand drawings wow. and I made the money for the next cycle oh my god that gave thanks. me goosebumps yeah <laughs> all thanks to my absolutely beautiful community on Instagram they mm. everyone kind of rallied and got behind me they were buying them for family for presents and birthdays and you know some people's donations were amazing um so yeah I was able to to do that and it kept me really busy um mm. some nights I was drawing like seven and I was just like this factory of just like crewing out drawings of people's families. Was um, it quite therapeutic like in the time? I think at the time. And I think, but as soon as I'd made enough money and I decided to stop, now I can't pick up a pen. I can't, yeah. no, there's no way I can. take you no. back to that time. Yeah, and, and yeah. people are still ask me constantly, like daily, are you mm. still doing your drawings? And I'm like, no way. So I think that's probably where our, audience mainly came from as people sharing my drawings um and then with their family members to buy them and and my yeah my numbers were on instagram were growing Mm. we have a little page growing and we were able to start our next cycle in that period i also was very committed to becoming the best Kristen i could be um i obviously changed my name on instagram to Kristen and bloom and i went to the gym every single night and i lost I went on Weight Watchers and I lost about, I think it was like 16 kilos. Um, I was in the best shape. Um, so when we went into this next cycle, there was, I, I just assumed that it was the reason why the one before had failed was because I hadn't done all these things. Mm. So I had started doing um, acupuncture twice a week. I was taking uh, the naturopathic uh, reco- uh, recommended supplements. I had, yeah, I tried everything so when we went in and um i had that, that first scan that you have which counts your follicles I, I didn't have like i couldn't remember exactly from the first cycle but i do remember coming out of that appointment going i 
don't think he counted very many. Like he counted like five. <laughs> and I think previously, I remember James had come to that discussion with me and held the notebook for Dr. Murray and was writing down the numbers. And I remember he had written down quite a lot. <laughs> and this mm -hmm. one, I was like, there's, you've stopped at five. Um, so I remember being quite nervous going into um, egg collection. And when, when they said that they only collected seven, you know, that maths instantly went off in my head saying, okay, we went from 12 to one or 12 to, to seven to one. How will seven become more than one? Mm. And panic, panic, panic. And yeah, we um, went in again uh, on day five. And again, we only had one embryo and again, it didn't work, which was really hard. Yeah. And then. <laughs> had you been then, sharing that publicly, that whole so, cycle? Yes. So, so cycle two, yes, was 100%. Yeah. Like after every appointment, I was making videos and everybody yeah. knew what day egg collection was. And I had like all these aunties, I felt like just surrounding yeah. me with mm. love and support and, and telling them and just, you know, kind of saying to my phone, my online diary, which just happened to be watched by thousands of people, <laughs> um, that it wasn't working. You know, it was just heartbreaking. And, yeah. and people were so sad for us yeah. and our families were sad and it was yeah it was really quite awful yeah it's like you're you're really upset yourself but then it also kind of feels like you're disappointing others as well right which is like just another burden to kind of like take on 100 percent, 100 percent. it did feel like that and um especially because I almost felt like Instagram had helped me pay so it was kind of like mm -hmm. you know people had these drawings up in their homes of, of hope for us and it yeah it didn't work so I what did I do then oh so then um I joined F45 so I was really really sad I was, was really sad and um I had isolated myself during that period leading up to cycle two when I'd been going to the gym every night and drawing I hadn't seen a soul mm. I hadn't you know for months I hadn't seen a friend I had um I'd isolated myself I hadn't you know all I'd done is talk to Instagram go to the gym draw pictures and on this cycle also my work at that time was crazy so after this one didn't work obviously there's a period of um sadness and binge eating <laughs> and so then I joined and I put on quite a lot of the 16 kilos I'd lost mm. um so eight kilos of the 16 kilos I lost and so I uh, a friend of mine said come to 45 it'll just be a good distraction so I did and I became really quickly really competitive and quite addicted to it then lockdown happened and I won the eight-week challenge because I'd lost you know I was like focus 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 I was again all right well if if being fit and healthy for cycle two didn't work I'm going to be fitter and healthier for cycle three mm. and I made the most beautiful friends and I got the most amazing community behind me even just leading a few days before um, cycle three started we went out for brunch and like they gave me this huge basket of like, you know, we'll be thinking of you during the cycle. I, I was in a really good headspace going into cycle three. Yeah. What was the time difference between the second round, the second cycle and this one? It's, each one of them is about a year. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I guess the, yeah, the catchphrase for me and I guess for Instagram, because I, again, was being very open, was third time lucky, third time lucky. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way that on the third time you you're not going to win and yeah really really similar to cycle two no joy same numbers of pretty much the whole way through apart from 
we got to day three on of well day three and I had paid for them to be watching the embryos and they called me and said must be day two actually they called me and said there's only one left and it's we want to put it in tomorrow I already had done enough reading to know that uh, a three-day transfer is usually because there's nothing to wait else to wait for maybe and it's better in than out type yeah, of situation. It's looking, looking risky that it might not make it to that day five so better yeah. to just put it in and hope yeah. that something happens. Yeah. yeah and again we just had that one embryo so we went in and yeah it didn't work. How were you feeling you know when you went for that transfer? I think still hopeful I think I think they told us it was still a good embryo. And lots do you know there's lots of yeah. successful day threes. Yeah. You can find it's, what you want when you, you get in the Facebook groups or Google, whatever. You can find successful day three transfers where they might have got told this isn't looking great, but let's go for it. So you, you hold on to that still. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, again, I can remember when uh, we got, must have been an app message for this one. Or it could have been another email. And I remember I, again, set my phone up in the kitchen and Corey came home from work. And he opened it and again, the first word was something like, unfortunately, oh no, it was a voice message. That's right. He pressed play on the voice message and she said, hi guys, unfortunately. And he just hung up. He didn't even listen. And we just, oh yeah. And we both just stood there and, you know, like it was almost like like shock. It wasn't the same. I mean, it was grief, but it wasn't that same kind of uh, overwhelming, like, um, almost like how did this happen it was more like well of course of like course it, it didn't work. it's We're familiar yeah like as sad as that is it's familiar and it's yeah, yeah not a surprise as sad as that is yeah yeah so then for the so I I went back to 45 afterwards but I never really got that same level of joy I to be honest couldn't really feel joy for quite some time could so, the doctors give you any answers? Like it was, it was always, it was always just bad luck. There was nothing more we could try. We tried everything. Um, it's not your fault, Kristen. You know, there's, you know, the what they did say is that the that we would we had to draw a line in the sand. That we had one more government funded cycle, so we should do it, but. After that, what Dr. Murray's recommendation would be would be um, to either stop um, or use a sperm donor. So all along, are they thinking that your numbers are still purely to do with Corey? Like it's not like, you know, they did more analysis on you or anything like no, that? No, so apparently, I, apparently I'm fine and fertile. Yes. The embryo not sticking is bad luck. But the, the reason why we dropped so significantly from eggs collected to embryos surviving, the only thing they could say is that it was probably because of the way the sperm had been extracted. So when you extract, a, when you extract sperm surgically, it doesn't go through that same um, process of ejaculation. So usually when sperm is ejaculated, the ones that aren't going to survive um, kind of because it has to get through the testicles, has to like do everything mm. it needs to do. Those kind of like disappear. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're all filtered yeah. out. So 
and when they extract it from the testicles, it's extracted with and through like solid matter. So it's not liquid as you'd you'd picture it. it. And it's solid matter, and they have to kind of dig through the solid and pull out anything that's wiggling. So there's no tests on the sperm that can be done to say whether it's a, you know, a brilliant sperm. We've mm. just got a little tube of, you know, fifty sperm that we can look at. Yeah. Um, Whereas other people, you know, they have a million sperm and, you know, they can do the calculations on, on how good their sperm is. Mm. Ours are, if it's moving, let's use it. Mm. And it's a single sperm going into an egg. Mm. So every time they put that sperm back into an egg, it might not have been a good sperm. Yeah. It might never have been able to be, be a baby. Yeah, so much of a lottery. And <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah, so everything was kind of against us, even though yeah. technically both of us should be able to have children. Yeah. Um, we're just... Yeah, it's kind of the, where the process kind of lets you down in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was really, I mean, it. every time we went back to the clinic, when we were treated amazingly, <laughs> the amount of time we spent with Dr. Murray is like, I, you know, when people talk about him, I'm like, oh, he's like family. Because um, yeah. the amount of times he saw us sad or crying or, you know... Um, mm -hmm. You had to be there to kind of support us or had to be on the other end of the phone to give us the bad news yeah. or um it's yeah it's been it's been a journey with him can i we, ask a question and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to go into it but in terms of um the surgery that corey has to have is that yeah. a surgery per round or as you know is it like you get the 50 sperm and you you can use that for um, yeah so it was one surgery and they uh i think they froze four four straws of sperm so it meant that that sperm would survive for would be each straw i don't know how many it contained would be thawed for each cycle yeah yeah and he was very brave <laughs> um before i even uh, i don't mention this before we even started um i'm thinking on tv2 on demand yeah you can watch the documentary I was just going to say, this is yeah. how I have this, because I read um, JJ Feeney's book um, uh, recently. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, like, this is what Dom went through, right? Dom That's Harvey. right. Yeah. 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 So Dom Dom Harvey has that has the condition that Corey has. Mm. I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to reach out to, to Dom or JJ and be like, how did you guys cope with this? Because basically, <laughs> they didn't really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really, really tough for them. Sad ending. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't get, and they never got their success mm. story. So I, they weren't. It wasn't somebody I wanted to reach out to and be like, yeah. um, give us any tips because they didn't get a win, <laughs> really. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, and it was awful to know that the only people in the world we knew that had retrograde ejaculate didn't get their baby. Yeah. Um, so I really, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even read a book. I couldn't even read the book. But yeah. there is a documentary on TV2 On Demand, which is a Wellington-based I think it's all Wellington, but Wellington-based um, documentary by, uh, around people going through fertility treatment, and uh, Dr. Murray's the doctor on it, and um, one of the couples, Teresa and her husband, um, they had to do the, the surgical sperm extraction, and I watched this documentary, and then I went to my son's rugby game, and I turned around, and she was right there. And I was like, wow. and I like was just like staring at this girl. And I went over <laughs> and I said, You do not know me, but you're the only person I know that's had to go through this. And she was like, We don't know each other. <laughs> I was like, No, I know, but like, hi. 
and our sons <laughs> to be the same age and they were playing against yeah. each other and we stood there for two hours just and she just told me everything that you know all the questions I had she answered mm. and now we're friends <laughs> which is lovely <laughs> um and so I did watch that documentary and I saw her husband having to go through this surgery. So I was like, okay, this is, I know what Corey's going to have to go through. And I prepared mm. myself that, um, for, you know, his part of the journey. Um, but he was fine. He was very brave. Um, <laughs> as he should be. <laughs> yeah, you've had to, you've had to deal yeah, exactly. with it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So after that cycle didn't work and that was uh, November 2020, yep November 2020 I I kind of just couldn't do anything I was very very sad and so I stopped exercising altogether put on a huge amount of weight and then my nana went into hospital she was in palliative care for 17 days and so I just sat by her bed for 17 days um, she passed eating with my family <laughs> um and then we started egg collection the day, oh, sorry, I started IVF, our, our fourth cycle, which was our second government funded cycle, the day after she passed. And my hope was nil, 100%, this isn't going to work. I don't know why we're doing this. I don't want to do this. It was really quick. Um, we're talking November, uh, November when we started cycle three, and we started cycle four in June. So the, yeah, the, the space between the government funded cycles was really quick and I wasn't mm -hmm. prepared for that. They yeah. called us and basically said, you're next on the list. And I was like, wow, oh, I'm really fat. And, um, <laughs> and my nana's really sick and I don't want to do this. And Corey was like, there's never going to be a good time. Well, let's just, let's yeah. just keep going. Um, he was, he was never going to stop. I know that now. <laughs> um, uh, it's, yeah, people would always say to me, oh, when are you going to, you know, when's enough going to be enough? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe this one. But really, when I look back, um, you know, Corey, he wanted this baby. <laughs> so um, I don't know what we would have done if the cycle four didn't work. But we, um, we started the cycle, went in for follicle counting and everything was looking really good. Went in for egg collection. I was expecting, I think I was expecting seven eggs. And it was 11 and I was like, wait, 11's more than the last two. 11's good. And I was like, no, don't get your hopes up. But also that. just nice to hear a different number. Yeah, something different. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it felt different. Yeah, so we I managed to get that um, fresh, we had a fresh transfer uh, on day five. And I there's a video that I recorded for myself because, again, I wasn't sharing. I don't think I was sharing on Instagram. No, I, I can't have been. No, I wasn't sharing on Instagram. And... The video is me. I've just got the phone call saying we had a fresh transfer and they were able to freeze not one, but two. And then the next day they froze a third, which meant we had three frozen embryos, which they'd never, like I'd never yeah. had a frozen, I'd never had a frozen embryo. Yeah. Um, so it was huge. And been so like relieved. Oh, it was just, yeah, it was, it was like, this is it. This is going to be our chance to have our mm. family. Like we're going to have children. So yeah, I finally got hope. It was like, mm -hmm. and it had been gone for such a long time. And then we, again, I recorded um, us getting the cells app message saying, uh, congratulations. And that's all I read was the word congratulations. And I was like, oh my God, congratulations. Oh my God, I'm pregnant. Like it worked. 
And it wasn't until a little bit later I went back and read the message. And it did say congratulations, but it said, your numbers are a little bit lower than we'd hope they would be at this stage. So we'll do another blood test Friday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first, the, my first blood test results came back at 48. And anything over 50 is, is good. So 48, yeah. I was like, God, that's pretty much close enough. Yeah. 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 So I was still hopeful, but I did go down the Google train and most of the, most of it said not to worry. Then I went in my second blood test and the numbers dropped to 46. And I was just basically told to prepare that I would be miscarrying. And it was horrific. Like, you know, I'd been in a really bad headspace before and I was in the worst headspace after from there. Um, just the sadness was just overwhelming. And we just waited and waited and waited for me to miscarry and it didn't happen. And my blood numbers, I hear my blood's done twice a week and they just kept going up, but not enough for it to be viable, they kept saying. So don't get your hopes up. Um, This must have been so bad. Let's go for another scan. Let's go for another scan. And so they'd go for a scan and they'd see the, the yolk sac and it was there. There was nothing in it. Where's the embryo? I mean, I literally had scan after scan and I had blood test after blood test. And then finally I went in and Dr. Murray was like, you need to go to the hospital now. It's been too long. By this stage, I think it was, I was like seven weeks. Yeah, and he was like, I know we've been waiting, but it's all for us is, you know, we need to go. We, you know, if we ever want to, we want to start again, this yeah. needs to end. Yeah. So I went to hospital with my sister just to thinking I was having another scan and they basically checked me and yeah then Corey joined me and I was there for days um <laughs> unfortunately and um helicopters kept coming with people who needed help more than me um so I spent days in the hospital watching the Olympics and kind of just like by this stage I kind of accepted that the pregnancy was ending but every time a nurse shift changed they'd come in they'd pick up my clipboard and they'd go oh oh okay babe all right and I'd be like stop yeah. <laughs> stop you'll have set me off again oh. let's all just watch Valerie do well <laughs> you know um so hard to be stuck in that environment as well you know it's like not the comfort of your home where you can really yeah. like actually like process and like just <laughs> yeah you, you, you know you think so but I also mm. felt very special just lay there being taken care of for days yeah I wasn't allowed to eat because my surgery was in two hours in two hours in two hours oh my god being so hungry anyway I was starving (laughs) and I ended up having my surgery on Sunday Sunday night at midnight and then they and then I stayed you know for what I had to do is I had to um the pregnancy hormone had to reduce by 50 percent or something so um, I had to stay until that happened. But what they had assumed, they had assumed that the, that the embryo was in my eptopic, was an eptopic in my um, fallopian tube. Um, so they went through laparoscopically. So I have four scars on my tummy where they went in to go look for the baby and they couldn't find it. Um, then they just did a full DNC and um, which is obviously for, for those of us who are trying to have a baby quite dramatic and my numbers dropped. So it was a, a sneaky hidden embryo somewhere. Um, mm. And, and they, you know, it was then considered over. And 
that was it, I guess. I went home and got on with things. And then I got my period a few weeks later and I, I rang the clinic and they said, oh, brilliant, we'll do embryo transfer when you're ready. And this was like literally weeks. I'm talking, I think it was like three weeks after my DNC. And yeah. I was like, what? No, I'm really fat by this stage. Like I put on a significant amount of weight. Like I'm talking from cycle two to cycle four, I'd put on 30 kilos. Like mm. not, not a little bit. <laughs> like I'd put on a lot of weight. That's, was, that's hard mentally. Like, mm. like you said, from cycle one and that disappointment and putting that pressure on yourself. And it's yeah. not, I mean, you might feel differently, but it's not about the actual weight it's about you taking care of yourself for a positive outcome and you and you not having that disappointment and not having that to blame if it doesn't work yeah 100 it wasn't about the number it was about that I had been yeah not taking care of myself yeah and I had been yeah just really miserable in in heart and you know I, I I look back on just just the sadness and you know when I do when I do let myself, you know, the other, I was trying to, when I was preparing for this podcast, I went back and looked at kind of videos, anything I could find to kind of like jog my memory. Mm. And I'm just, just sitting there just crying, crying, crying for that, for the sad Kristen. Mm. Um, just, just a really, really in a bad place. But you did so what you had to, to get through. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So when we went in for, this next embryo transfer we didn't tell anyone we always told James what we were doing um he was always part of the journey he was there during every injection and we didn't tell him why Corey was staying home from work that day um James went to school Corey was home we went to the clinic popped that uh sorry they did call me <laughs> again our luck continues they called me um about 7 30 that morning and said you know we've just defrosted the embryo for today and the, the, the defrost has failed so that embryo has um has not thawed mm. like, of course it hasn't <laughs> so then that left us with two and then they said but we've defrosted another one and it's looking good so we'll see you in half an hour's time so then I had to stop crying and go into the clinic um knowing that we had now only one frozen embryo mm. and, and one sitting there ready for us. We went to the clinic and um, Corey always films the, the part where the embryo comes off the end of the catheter. Um, and the doctor always says something like, oh, look at that firework or something exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and this time the doctor says, oh, it just leapt off. And, and that stuck in my head, this, this, oh, it's like a, yeah, it was like an athlete, just like leapt off. Corey's like, that's the one, that's the one. <laughs> okay that's the one um and I like within days I was so sick like yeah really nauseous really and and I was and I don't know like it's hard to it's hard because like I said all these cycles blend into each other um, and what's in your head and what's real but this I felt like I know that by the time I went for my that my that blood test I remember thinking if I'm not pregnant like what is this but still not really believing I was pregnant um but just but it felt I, different to the other weight two week weights yeah I felt sick um <laughs> but um yeah still still didn't really truly believe we were ever going to have success and when we got the results back and you know there is a video and people can go watch it and 
when Corey reads it, it you know, the first word on the, 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 tech, the message on the app said, congratulations, guys. And so I'm like, you can see me. I'm like waiting. I'm like, you keep reading. Where's the um, butt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, it took him a really long time to talk. You can see me on this video staring at him. And he's just reading. And he's, he's got confused look on his face. And he's just reading, reading, reading. And I'm like, what? Give it here. Give it here. And he's like, it says, congratulations, guys. Your first beta has come back at 120. And you just see this like, my whole like my whole demeanor just like I just yeah I'm like 120 <laughs> 120 is amazing like for us like 120 yeah you know I've had a friend the other day get like um, but for <laughs> us I was like that's not 48 mm -hmm. that's 120 and I just like yeah yeah it was just it, it's a it was amazing and you know I think when Corey looked at me and realized that I was like no this is good he was like oh shit <laughs> and you, know, you see him being like yes um and yeah we just for the first time was like real joy mm. and since then obviously things you know it's me I'm not gonna have a success a completely smooth ride am I like <laughs> I've had I've had spotting I was on um a whole heap of medication for um or nausea, I uh, was super constipated, uh, like I needed that, yeah, it was was not fun, but all of that didn't matter. Like mm. when we went into that that scan at seven weeks with Dr. Murray and, you know, the whole way there, I was so nervous and he put the Doppler on my tummy and he goes, there we go, guys. And we're all wearing masks. And I just remember I looked him in the eyes and he looked at me and he was like, I wish I could hug you. And I was like, I wish I could hug you too. <laughs> like, we can't touch each other because it's, you know, COVID world. But yeah. Um, yeah, just seeing like Dr. Murray was like, yay, we did it. And I was like, yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> and then he kind of said, like, I'll leave you guys alone for a minute. And, you know, put up on the screen just like a still image of the baby. And he was like, I'm just going to give you guys a few minutes. Like, I'm, I'm mm. so happy for you. And he left the room and Corey was just like, quickly take photos of the screen. Look, this is real. <laughs> like, I don't know how to act, but like, you know, Dr. Murray's being like all emotional and we're like, oh yeah, yay. <laughs> so when he comes back in, I was like, oh yep. Thanks, Dr. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even breathe with excitement. But yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was amazing. And yeah, and since then just kind of every step has been amazing. We are so happy and I truly never I had got to the point that I did not believe this was going to work and it was not going to happen for us and I had just I just needed to get Corey across the line to accept that or to believe that and he you know and if he had at any point indicated he thought we should stop I was going to be right there with him mm -hmm. um but he wasn't ready so I just kept going and mm -hmm. I kept saying to people I can't stop because he deserves his baby and mm -hmm. um and now he gets to get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just overwhelming that um, yeah, very soon I get to that pass and his son. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be amazing. But you know, there were times, you know, we had had conversations about Fangai, about um, you know, not so much um, genetic donation. Um, he was quite clear that that was not something he wanted to talk about yet. 
Um, so we didn't have conversations about sperm donation. It wasn't or, or egg donation that was too painful to talk about. Um, mm. But we did talk about, you know, whangai or adoption or fostering. Um, I did talk to other people, especially on Instagram. It's such a fountain of knowledge. And there's so many people who are living really successful lives, having used these services. Um, and I did reach out to a few people about, you know, the process and and that's still, I guess, a door that we could go down one day because, you know, we have this baby and we have one in the freezer, which I don't talk about, but Corey talks about daily. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm like, you know, it took us five embryos to get here and I don't want that embryo to in any way dull the amazingness we've got going on here. Yeah. Um, so that's a, we'll talk about that one day where he's like, that's his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, pressure's um, on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, we've just we've we've we held on and we got this yeah. far. Yeah. I guess that's my advice for anyone: is that you know, be kind to yourself and be kind to each other. Yeah, because it's not it's not easy. So, how many years was this? You know, from when you first started trying to. When you got uh, 2016 was that first uh sorry 2000 and yes 2016 was the first fertility of um, family planning appointment yeah yeah, yeah. so that means mm. six six years yeah. yeah and um you know we've got friends who have had three children in that time yeah yeah and absolutely that's I know for anyone going through that you know, you can be happy for someone else and be really sad for yourself. That's not um, mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, you can have both of those feelings at the exact same time. Yeah, because we have got some really beautiful friends with really beautiful babies who we love, but it was extremely painful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, over six years. It just... <laughs> You know, a lot happens in that time and a lot yeah. of heartbreak for you yeah. in that time as well. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think one of the hardest parts is what has been watching James become a teenager yeah. without his siblings. Um, yeah. That still really hurts that, um, yes, he's about to have a baby brother, but he will be 14. And um, um I'm like uh, I don't know if he would be as honest as this but I think he would be quite happy that I don't think he wanted us to keep going I think there's been some you know periods over the that he was like okay because he's watched his mum yeah go through this as well um yeah. and, and being old enough to understand you know all the pain yeah. and, and the suffering that's gone on yeah and I mean, for anyone that's gone through IVF, I mean, I've, I've got a friend who's gone through IVF and she went to the gym every day and had a, and was just like a superwoman. When I go through IVF, I can't even talk to anyone. Like I don't mm. want, I, I, one cycle I watched all of Glee, the entire <laughs> box series of Glee. One I watched uh, The Office. So I've watched all of The Office. And other one, I remember one I watched just like disaster movie after disaster movie. It like kept my brain. Like I was all I wanted to watch. And I think that's maybe because like their life's worse. <laughs> There's a volcano erupting. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just lying in bed. <laughs> so I think other 
yeah, I think some people cope really well. And I, during a cycle with all those hormones, I do not. I'm not yeah. one of those people that um, are functioning members of society. I mm. retract into my shell. And um, he had to watch that mm. a couple times. And then at the end of it, there was nothing. Mm. And, um, you know, every year from when he was eight, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of heartbreak heartbreak for him to go through as well. Um, yeah, yeah, hoping for a sibling, but also seeing you guys struggling. But I I will guarantee he's learned amazing life lessons throughout it. And watching you guys and have a successful relationship through such a hard time, you know, should hopefully teach him a lot as well. Yeah, you're yeah. not wrong there. He um. You know, even just that he knows a lot about um, how babies are made. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, because he probably has no idea how babies are made. Yeah. He knows how babies are made in the clinic. So we should probably yeah. have a really good conversation about that. Yeah, you probably you probably need to be careful. He probably thinks it's really hard to get pregnant. Yeah, well, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he knows all about like periods and, you know, days of cycles and, you know, all of that. So, um, yeah. yeah. He's been obviously been amazing for me. He's been a you know a rock for me, and yeah. and also you know without him, I had to I had to keep going. Like I had to um, you know get up in the morning and make a lunchbox. Mm. Like there was still stuff that had to be done. Yeah. So you know he's yeah. you know still my inspiration. So mm. yeah, yeah. And he's gonna be the best brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's old enough to babysit from early. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so can we get home from the hospital? I can go to the Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Like I've, I found you recently. Someone suggested for me to follow you with what we've been going through. So I've been watching you for a little while, and I've gone back and watched all your IVF cycle stories and everything. Your miscarriage video, which had me in tears many times. Um, but it's yeah, it's really cool that you've shared this and now you've you've shared it in a different way and you've told us stuff today that I know you haven't talked about on your Instagram before and we really appreciate that because like we said you know there's not many people that talk about this particular thing publicly but I'm sure it's more common than anyone realizes and it's all about educating and yeah people will take a lot from that and if it helps someone find something out earlier in their journey then I mean that's all you can ask for right that's right and uh, I guess I went to a, um, an open like a um, fertility associates held a like a presentation at a cinema and I went to this this presentation and they talked about uh, I guess it was like a sales pitch almost you know come and freeze your eggs or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, and they talked and they gave me this the story that you know when people talk to me about fertility you know I, I, I always comes into my head about why you know people you know I'm now 38 I started when I was you know much younger trying to have a baby and I know that you know you look at people from school like someone who you know lost their virginity and got pregnant on that that time and how is that even possible because having a baby is really hard like I'm proof having a baby is really hard mm. but they were talking about eggs in a jar and if you imagine when you're born, you know, the A's get poured in first and then the B's and the C's and the D's all up to like, you know, absolute rubbish um, eggs at the top. And then they, you put the lid on, you turn it upside down and you, you know, you shake it a little bit. But then when you start pouring the eggs out, 
the A's all come out first and then the B's mm -hmm. and then all you're left when you get to older, you know, when they start talking about egg, egg age, it's mm -hmm. that you just have lost all them really amazing ones. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I hear friends who are like, oh, you know, we're not sure if we want to have children, I'll see. I'm like, <laughs> don't it's wait. It's hard when you, have, when you have this perspective on it, eh? Yeah. But yeah. then there are so many people that, you know, it happens instantly for them when they're, you know, yeah. in, their, in their late 30s, early 40s. So 100%. Yeah, it's and hard to not put that on people as well. That's what yeah. I find. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm like, you know, are you sure you want to wait? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, I guess my recommendation to anyone who is, who's been trying for a baby and, you know, it's been a couple of months and they and it's not working, like, I don't know, maybe just go talk to somebody. Like, yeah. because if you're anything like me and the clinic is going to make you wait for three years post-trying, you need to have that proof that you've been trying. Yeah. And so our proof of trying was the day that my marina was removed. So we have a really definite date. So we weren't able to <laughs> fiddle the system at yeah. all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's other people who, you know, might, just want to just tell their doctors that they're that they're trying to have a baby and and maybe I don't know get some, get your HCG levels tested or yeah because it's, yeah I, I I would never wish our journey on anyone yeah. um, and you know Dr Murray did say to us one day on the day he said we need to draw the line in the sand he said you guys are going to be fine because if anybody because if you can survive this you can pretty much get through anything yeah. and we were like yeah yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> not comforting <laughs> to hear that is it <laughs> this is you with a photo of your beautiful children yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's uh, yeah it's been a journey but I um you know we, we you know we, I said to Corey the other day that I don't um sorry I've got surrounded by dogs now um that I don't as much as it was awful I wouldn't trade it now because we are, we are so strong and this baby is so wanted and, you know, it's just, a, it's just the journey we were given. Yeah. 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 And I just hope that everyone else who wants to have their baby gets a little bit of faith to hold on yeah. from us. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. And fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you luck for this next phase not that you need yeah. luck it's just all excitement um <laughs> yeah yeah I know it is it's, it is very exciting but um also I have I do have flashbacks of of uh, sleepless nights and sauna falls <laughs> yeah you know what you're in for. <laughs> yeah. Thought, yeah I do so yeah. but thank you so much and um I hope that yeah this helps somebody yeah, it definitely will. I have no doubt that it will. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And no yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Bye.